0: We're at the halfway mark of the show, and I will be talking about the story so far, characters, favorite moments, STQs, and lastly, wrap it up with my closing statements about the show. So let me introduce myself. Hello, my name is Avi the drama fiend, and I will be talking about the fifth and sixth episode of Luca, the beginning. Also, my podcast will be taken over by Korean dramas this month. There's just so many good K-dramas on, so I'm sorry to people who want a variety, but right now, it's the only thing I am loving. I will probably upload reviews of other shows on my YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter for the links to the channel, which is AviOentis. Let's talk about the plot and story. The death of the professor hit Gudum hard because that was the only person she cared for and cared for her. It was like he was her father and the fact that Eason killed him for information made Gudum want to kill a son so both Gudim and Gio has this in common because they both lost people they trusted and they basically they were a father figure to them Gio with his co-worker in the first two episodes though that's who I meant who was a father figure to Gio we learn a bit about the director and that he works at the NIS so he's someone with power but I wonder how he came into contact with the spiritual leader is what he's calling her I'd like to know a bit more of his background. Not a whole lot though, just his involvement in the deaths of Gudim's parents. And Dr. Ryu claimed that G.O. is his son, which was implied seconds later by a doctor on the outside, saying that this is how he gets close to people. He did feed him truth with a bit of lies based on the flashbacks we saw, or at least this was Ryu's truth because he wasn't given a lot of information. However, the thing is, is that he was crying, so he is the actual father of G.O. which is what I was saying at the time before it was actually revealed. He seems to care for him in his own weird way. And it was also confirmed later on that he was his father or some version of it. I wonder if he placed his failed kids in those jars in his office though, because that it's, that's sick. Even if those aren't his children, that's just sick. I love that the only good thing he did was allowing Gio to escape and live. But Gio still wants him dead though, because he made him like that. So um, more about Dr. Ryu is that he said that Hajiong Jae tried to sell Gio, which he wasn't. It was because he was forced to give him up due to his wife's life being threatened. But it might have been what he was told, Dr. Yu, which is why he was giving Gio false information. I don't know why I think he's suddenly not accountable for most of it or doesn't know much, but maybe he doesn't know what happened outside of the experimenting. I mean, he was supposed to die in this episode, you know, they didn't tell him beforehand that he was going to die cause I do that. So let's talk about the characters. The spiritual leader. She said that she wants kids who follow her, of course, with these powers, but she doesn't even want Gio because, you know, he's disobedient. Gio will be terminated after they get his DNA from him and they tried to. I said it in my last podcast episode that this woman wanted to like dominate and have an army of her own. That's the case with almost all antagonists. There's always this agenda of wanting a lot of power and to control people. And she also mentioned God's children, but can't let the world know that they've been made by science. So Gio is technically God's child, quote unquote, Um, but he was made by science and she doesn't want anybody to know that. Of course, she also doesn't want Gio to be alive. So she wants people to follow her faith by telling the world that these special humans exist and that they are from God, which will make people believe and trust her, but they are not. So that's why she wants to kill everyone who was involved and probably even the director, even though she told him that she wouldn't kill him because they need to see it through the end together or something like that. Next character we're going to talk about is Isun, who is my favorite character, by the way. Um, he cares a lot about his team and they care for him as well. I went back to watch the beginning episodes and saw that Isun grabbed the younger guy and held him close to him when they were on a train, which I had already seen, you know, but, um, just that it goes hand in hand with stuff that happened, with the events that happened in these two episodes, so yeah. I also see how Yuna cares for Sun, like his health, and she looks up to him in a way. It was evident in her wanting to also get upgraded in order to share his pain when she wanted to take that injection as well, and then after Sun and Geo's fight, she asked him if he was okay, which was really sweet. I like how he got somebody in his corner, and usually pushes forward with him even though she might not agree. If he makes the decision to up and leave, then she'll also up and leave. So we're going to talk about Gudim. Gudim was frustrated that her team leader was locking her up, but she continues to tell lies, which is why he's treating her like a criminal. And you know, this was his ruse to just get information out of her and then be okay with it. And she's shocked that he is treating her this way. Don't be surprised when you act sus and people call you out on it. It's so frustrating that she keeps working alone. So, um, the director is already looking towards the future by bringing a lead doctor with him and also secretly cloning Gio so he could have five versions of him. Of Gio, he's smart in that sense though. I wonder if they have the DNA even though the facility was on fire, so that they can make the clones. So next are my interesting or favorite moments. Both Gudim and Gio were locked up against their will. It's like no matter what, they are connected. It was cute though. We saw son get emotional after finally taking down Gio. Like... Is it because his work would finally be over? Or that relief that someone who destroyed his arm is now captured and subdued? The first suspicion can't be it about his work finally being over because Yuna asked if it was all over and Isan said that it's just the beginning. Does Isan suspect that he's bound no matter what and suspect the director lied to him? Which I don't think he does. But hopefully he realizes now after the director acted like he didn't know what he had promised Isan. And how he also talked to Dr. Liu in the past after his talk with the director. So he talked to the doctor about getting his arm, a new arm, if he was to bring in Gio. And he didn't promise him anything. He made it seem like it was impossible. He didn't give him a definite no or yes. But it was leading towards no. But my thing is, why is he asking the director if he's going to continue his promise about getting him a new arm? Because he doesn't have that much power. Well, he should know. That this man is giving him false promises why does he still believe the director is it just because he wants to so bad to be true he needs to stop because he's gonna die if he keeps doing this so um next one of my favorite moments in these two episodes was when idai playing as Gudam, was talking to the team leader and he was telling her to let the death of her parents go and she started crying i was also feeling emotional Idai does this so well, displaying these emotions that get me all choked up when I watch her. Gudem had a point though, that the Statue of Limitations is like saying how long a person can grieve for. However, I thought that the Statue of Limitations ended years ago in South Korea at least, but it might be wishful thinking. Last thing about my interesting or favorite moments, I love that the team leader allowed Gudam to work on her personal case. Without reporting or helping her, because it wasn't like she was going to allow him to help her anyway. But he also has to look the other way. When she asked one of her teammates to help her, she ended up searching information on Dr. Do You anyway, although she asked him, but he could be doing research off camera because he isn't the main character. But I still love the fact that the team leader allowed her to do that now that he knows what's going on. Next are my STQs, which are speculations, theories, and/or questions. So GO making demands with Isan about where GO will meet Isan and then Ian actually listening was completely stupid. You kidnapped her. He should come to you or else. Why did he comply? Are they purposely making E-sun stupid? Especially since they are told to do things quietly by the director. Why go to a populated shopping area? Makes no sense. Ian and Yuno were in the military. They should know about tactics and common sense at least. I'm not rooting for our antagonists once again, but please make it make sense. But they did redeem themselves at the expense of their third member whose name I cannot remember. And they lured G.O. into another trap in that facility. Gudim found a name that was sending money to the doctor when he was in prison, which is Kim Ji Suk. Is that our spiritual leader's name? And I knew she was the mom. It was obvious. She doesn't care about him other than him being an experiment, but Dr. Yu seems to care. Also, I knew the spiritual leader had to be someone's mom, either Gudim's or Gio, but most likely Gio's. I think the director killed Gudim's dad, at least, and maybe the mom too. He takes orders from the spiritual leader so it's not all his fault. I am also starting to think that Gudim's mom is alive somewhere. She's probably being held against her will, or not. No one has paid much attention to Gudim anyway, so maybe not. They haven't reacted to Gudim's name, so that's why I don't think that her mom is like held against her will. So I'm 99% sure now her mom is not being held against her will, now that I think about it. So Dr. Yu and the spiritual leader experimented and impregnated the spiritual leader in order for her to succeed in her end goal. I don't think they were romantically involved though, so you know, he just gave her his sperm. Next episode I think we will go through a few years. I say this because Gio is too strong right now and Isun cannot go against him, and the spiritual leader, the doctor, and the director are not strong enough, so I think that Geo needs a challenge. We are in a halfway mark, so we need more, which is why I believe we'll go through a time jump. I Also, I think our antagonists will go underground, like disappear for a while, until they can create the copies of Geo, or there might not be a time jump because the director does have the DNA in order to make clones of Geo. The questions that Director Yu proposed is the existence of the human race justified. Can we even answer this question? Because we didn't ask to be here and we still are learning about humans even now. The next question is, are we going to be the last generation of the race? I don't think so. But he did say it's one answer but two questions. And I just answered two different answers so it's probably wrong. At least from his perspective. And now my closing statements. Overall, I enjoyed these episodes. Things are ramping up a lot. It makes me wonder what will happen in the last six episodes. I think that when a protagonist is this strong, there needs to be a weak point of the protagonist. And I'm not talking about Gudim being his weak point, but at least a side effect to his powers other than losing his memory and more than him just needing to recharge. The species that we know that are in him also has weak points. All animals have weak points. And for Geo, it should be the same. But anyways, that is all for tonight. Please follow me on Twitter and WordPress or Tumblr at Aviuentes if you want to talk about any show. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are in this world. Until now, it's been Aviuentes. Tomorrow will be to my star. Stay safe out there, everyone. Later.